This is Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. On this episode, the ladies recap, the last of our recap episodes from season two, highlights from season two as we're getting ready to launch season three on August the 3rd. On this episode, I'll be talking with three co-workers from the Joy FM radio network, two of them based at the Georgia arm of the Joy FM and one in the Florida arm, Paige Long, Jewel Smoke, and Carmen Brown. And those conversations will begin coming right up. I have known Paige Long for a little more than 20 years. She is a co-worker at the Joy FM. She does the evening shift between 7 and midnight, Monday through Friday. She's also on on the weekends. But more importantly, she's a friend. And I talked with her and featured that episode, Jerry Talks with Paige Long, back on April the 20th. And last time I checked, that's the most listened to episode of season two of Life with Jerry Williams. So I'm going to share some highlights from that. We talk a little bit about COVID-19. Paige lives in a multi-generational household. Matter of fact, her dad was there. We did a Zoom recording. And so you might hear her dad chiming in a time or two during this conversation with Paige Long. So you're with your mom and dad. And, and my son. Your son Thomas is home from school now because nobody's going to school in the whole world. Right. So you've got three generations in one yeah. house quarantined together for how many weeks now? So we've been together for, with Thomas added, uh, for six weeks. And, and with, are, are you trying to keep pretty much on the, the suggested restrictions of social distancing and, and, you know, only essential trips and stuff like that? Well, I'm um, old enough to be like my parents. I only go out to go to the doctor <laughs> or to the grocery store. We have um, Instacart. We have Instacart oh, delivered. Yeah. And then we send Thomas out if we really want something and, and need it right then. Um, but then my mom makes him take an alcohol bath when he walks back in. <laughs> she washes him down with these Clorox wipes and then says, come over here, come over here. And she has this little bottle of... Um, uh, isopropyl alcohol just in a bottle and she starts squirting him. We get everything done without doing harm, I guess. I think I've reused my mask though like 50 times at this point. You all like, have like your own space to go to uh, if you need a little time away from the rest of the gang? Well, yeah, we have our own apartment down in the bottom. We're the basement dwellers and we have everything. There's a full kitchen, bathroom, oh. and a laundry room, a pantry. What else? An office. So we have everything. We do hide. And we even put a lock on the basement doors <laughs> if we don't want any company. Dad said we're the moles that we hide oh. underground. Three, three generations. The suggestion for other people who are having to do this, like you, the best way to do it is to come together, have some fun, eat dinner, and then go to your corners. I can tell you from experience some bad things to do. Even though binge watching is a lot of fun, after you've binge watched every every single cop show on the planet, then you probably should turn off yeah. the TV for a little while, take a walk yeah. outside the neighborhood. You stay connected <laughs> with your family, have a game night, cook out on the grill and read a book, just keep a variety. And a lot of people have said, um, keep a schedule. 
mm. you know, some kind of schedule. And after I got sick, there was no schedule. You know, I was, I was so disciplined and I was like you, I'd worked and worked and worked my entire life in media and I've always been in a studio. So to suddenly go like, there's no schedule. Yeah. That's what I did wrong is I didn't actually get up and still yeah. had that time alone with God, which uh, fell to the wayside journaling. A lot of the stuff that I was so used to doing, I don't even know why I stopped for that period of time, but now would be the time for most folks because you do have the time. Like if you're not used to journaling, if you're not used to actually doing those personal discipline things and get into it. And then when you get back into your real life, it won't fall away because you love it so much. And you have to watch Andy Griffith every day. And my dad said, you have to watch Andy Griffith every day. In order to stay yeah. and, and then they have to watch the news. I don't watch the um, news. That's just that, would, That's... that would be my suggestion. Stay away from the news as much yeah. as possible. <laughs> Well, yeah, so that's my suggestion is to stay connected with people. Back in April of 2018, the Joy FM acquired a radio station in Athens, Georgia, and we kept several of the staff members on. Jules is one of them. Jules is doing the Saturday and Sunday 7 p.m. to midnight shows on the Joy FM Georgia. She also has a podcast, the Jewel Show podcast which I have yet to be a guest on. I'm going to have to inquire about that. Anyway, I had Jules on Life with Jerry Williams in an episode that came out on May the 25th. And the title of that episode, if you want to go back and listen to the whole thing, is I Call Her Schultz. And the reason that's the title of the episode and the reason I call her Schultz is she left a voicemail on my cell phone one day. The transcription said, hey, Jerry, it's Schultz. For some reason, thought Jules was saying that she was Schultz. In this highlight from that episode, Jules talks a little bit about her family and about her faith journey. Now, you, you've alluded to your daughters and your husband. Fill us in a little bit on the family. Okay. So David and I, uh, we've been married 15 years, and we um, actually met at a church. This is a, let me take a left turn on this. I was the church greeter, and he was like the new young guy that just showed up. So this is a tidbit for all my single ladies out there. Be a church greeter. That's going to let that stay there. Uh, anyway, so we, yeah, we've been married 15 years. We have three daughters, Susie, that is uh, in fifth grade. Sally is in third and then Ellie is in first. So a lot of women. Yeah. I Definitely. feel for your husband. I know. Right. I pray for, after that plane trip, I told him I pray for you every day now. Because of me. Right. <laughs> So you mentioned earlier that you are from a little town in South Georgia, Americus, and that is in the general vicinity of Plains, where President Jimmy Carter is from. Right. How long did you live in that little town? Born and raised. So the day after I graduated from high school, I left, basically. <laughs> and so, you yeah. back? No, no, I really, uh, my parents actually lived there until two years ago. Because, I mean, you know, I would go back to visit and stuff, but. Um, no, and it was a, it was a really fun town, safe town to be raised. Uh, I mean, I left my keys in the car in the ignition in my driveway. Uh, I, yeah, I know. And there were, and people just would leave their doors unlocked. It was just, a everybody knew everyone. Um, my friends that I played softball with since I was eight years old, 
we played in like middle school and college, I mean, not college, but high school, you know, we just, it was just a really fun, simpler, um, lifestyle. How did you come to faith? What is your, what's your faith story, your journey? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm one of those, um, stories and bless that I really don't remember much of a time before Christ. And, um, I, and I, he was always wooing and pursuing me through my parents, through, um, going to church, being raised, um, in church. Um, but seeing, um, his hand still pursuing me and sanctifying me at 41, you know what I mean? That's like the neatest thing that I can look back in his, um, his, um, pursuit of me, um, daily. And even during like the coronavirus, you know what I mean? And in fact, last night I was waking up, couldn't sleep, worried and fearful about everything. And I thought, you know, I've been a believer for decades, for majority of my life, like 30 something years. Why am I still um, suffering with this? Or like, why am I still doing this? I should be way more along. And I love that like God um, doesn't wag his finger at me. You know what I mean? That like, he has just complete love for me. And he's, um, and that was what I was thinking about is God, I just, I just want to rest with you. Like, I just want to have peace um, and know that I am right in the middle of your hand. Even though I've known you for 30 something years, would you remind me that again? Mm. You know? Um, so anyway, it was, a, it was at a church camp um, where I would say that I um, first really encountered a relationship with God. It was uh, a camp called Friendship Camp. And um, Brother Comer was his name, who was a camp director. And I just made it really clear about this was a relationship um, with God. And I think that's where it clicked to me that it wasn't something I went and did. It was something um, that I would walk out through the rest of my life. Mm. That's good. That's a good way to look at it. The final segment on this episode of the podcast is from a podcast episode that came out June the 22nd, Jerry Talks with Carmen Brown. Carmen is part of the morning cruise heard across the Southeast on the Joy FM network. I've known her for, I guess, about 15 or 16 years. Amazing, amazing woman of faith. And she shares some of her story of how she came to faith and what she came through to get to where she is now in this highlight. So tell me a little bit about, just a little back, mm -hmm. um, how you came to faith. Okay. I, I, I know you're, you've been very open sharing about your story, about how you grew yeah. up with a single mom uh -huh. and, and, and that kind of stuff. But just mm -hmm. to get a little fuller picture of who you Yeah. Are. I was 11, and it's so funny because I have it written in my very first Bible of when I gave my life to Christ. And it's crazy, Jerry, because I grew up in Alabama, so I grew up very Southern Baptist. And if I'm being completely honest, I, you know, I gave my life to Christ because I was scared. I mean, just being direct, yeah. I was scared. I was scared to go to hell. I mean, I heard the Southern Baptist preacher give the gospel message, and I just remember having fear come over me. Um, and I was 11 years old and just grew up in a very legalistic environment. But at the same time, I'm always very careful to not um, – I don't, I don't want to make that a bad thing because it's a lot of those – a lot of that legalism – that I was brought up in that helped me hang on to my faith mm. white knuckled in other times of my life. So I did. I gave my life to Christ when I was 11. And growing up, I really did think it was just all about, you know, rules, regulations. We're supposed to do this. Don't do, the, don't do that. Yada, yada. I was always the good girl. 
in high school and um, got out of college, moved out, and all that following the rules for all those years went completely (laughs) out the window. And I actually shared this in my podcast back at the end of May, mine and Pete, my husband and I, we just celebrated 30 years. And I, my, my wedding photo is my first family photo. So I was four months pregnant when Pete and I got married. And I can just remember driving away. I shared this. I can remember driving away from my wedding and just, I don't know. I was, I wanted to finish college. I was going to, you know, make something of myself. I was going to be a career person. And I think I just had all of this just regret that, you know, it wasn't going to go the way I felt like it should have gone. And so as far as my faith journey, um, you know, Pete and I got married, we had Haley, we had Abby, and we were just that family that, you know, we went to church on Sunday, we did what we were supposed to do, we were in Bible study. But I don't feel like my real relationship with Jesus started until Pete and I hit some marital problems um, back in 2000, so that's 20 years ago. And um, I just, it was during that season that my relationship with God went from being transactional to relational. Mm. And it was that was in 2000. And then 2004 is when I came to the Joy FM. And there's a whole other story. Like I could tell you the, the, the whole story just with my career because I was in country radio, lost my job there. Came to the Joy FM. Had no, I didn't even I didn't even know there was a such thing as listener supported radio, but I just found myself in Christian radio. So looking back now in the rearview mirror, I can see that God brought me to the Joy FM, honestly to heal my heart. So I feel like that transition between 2000 and 2004 2005 was um, the time that I really began a real relationship with my Heavenly Father. And the book Scandalous Freedom, Steve Brown. Do you know Steve Brown? Yeah. yeah. I love him. And he was the first time, or he was the first person that kind of talked about the different views of God, like how we view God and how we, however we view God um, really impacts how we, and how we view our heavenly, or our our, our earthly father is how we view our heavenly father. And so I think my dad was always absent. And then I felt like the way that I grew up, that God was just in the sky, ready to just zap us down. And it just, I had to relearn who God really was. And I had to get the grace part of God because I'd always focused on the law yeah. part of God. Does that make sense? No, totally. So it's just, it's been, it's been an evolving faith for me, but I, f- I feel like the relational, truly relationship with Jesus started, I mean, it's been the last, what, 16, 17 years. So before that, it was transactional. That was a really long answer. I'm sorry. That's, no, that's great. <laughs> but that's, that's my faith story, you know? Tremendous. I think if I had one elevator pitch, it would be God uses broken things. Mm-hmm. He uses broken things. You it's know, humbling too, isn't it? it is. I, I think like, for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. there is nothing more humbling than mm-hmm. that, to mm-hmm. think that God has allowed me to be yeah. a part of somebody's story, yeah. knowing how undeserving one hundred percent, how yeah. how broken, mm-hmm. how profane I can be. Totally, and God still uses me yeah. to do that. Yeah. Holy yeah, the daughter of the, oh, here's my story in a nutshell. The daughter of the town drunk who got pregnant at 19. Mm. I mean, that's my story, Jerry. And God has redeemed 
all of that. He's redeemed all of that, and He has restored all of that. And I know that's raw for a lot of people, but that's just the truth. And then for Him to say there is now no condemnation and that He's made us white as snow, Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, it's only Jesus. And that will pretty much do it for this episode of the podcast, Life with Jerry Williams. Thanks so much for allowing me to be a part of your day. Hope that you will subscribe, give the podcast a five-star rating, maybe even leave a review that will help other people find it. Again, the highlights you heard today were from previous episodes of the podcast. Uh, Paige Long, the episode she was on, Jerry Talks with Paige Long. I Call Her Schultz was the episode that featured Jules, and Jerry Talks with Carmen Brown. Pretty self-explanatory. That's where Carmen Brown was on the podcast. I will share in the show notes uh, a link to my blog on the Joy FM website, where I post just about every day, usually highlights from my midday show. I'll also put a link to the Jewel Show podcast, and maybe you can, you know, send her an email and say, it's about time you had Jerry on your podcast. He's had you on his now twice. Season three, launching on August the third will continue every Monday delivery of new episodes of the podcast. Thank you so much again for listening and for allowing me to be a part of your day with Life with Jerry Williams.